what did I make last Tuesday? Less my direct labor, less my office labor. Like, I, I don't know. You know, as, as far as long as I am, that's a black box to me. Yeah. I could tell you at the end of the, the month or the end of the quarter, but what if I'm like flying blind into a wall? Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. What is going on, everybody? It's Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast coming at you again with another awesome guest. His name's Brandon. Is it Lazan? Brandon Lazan? Lazar, you got her, man. You nailed it. Okay. I should have asked before on the last name, but uh, anyway, so we got Brandon with us today up from Canada. I think that's two Canadians in a row. I can't remember if the last episode was my buddy, uh, uh, my, my, uh, David from, from Canada as well. I could David, sorry, I forgot your name for a second. Uh, <laughs> but I couldn't remember the you're last one. You're way too honest up. already. You're way too honest. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Thanks for forgiveness. David. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Uh, forgive me. Um, so anyway, uh, but anyway, we, we, we've just got like the Canada connection on here. So it's been a lot of fun and I'm uh, really excited. But before I get into that, I uh, do want to give a little shout out or a big shout out to the show sponsor, Responsibid. And guys, here's what Responsibid is, short and sweet. It's the best sales tool or sales software in the service industry. Okay. It does a million things for you. It does things like letting people get quotes on your website. It does things like handling your follow-up, which is probably my favorite part of it. But as I'm speaking and recording this in my, uh, my quote unquote studio, which is just the front den five feet from the front door, my son, Caleb just walks in. My, my son, Caleb is my business partner. He's now the sales guy. He runs all the sales in the business. He does a great job. I'll tell you what's cool about response bid is with him running in person sales appointments, he doesn't have to worry about pricing. He just goes to the house and his whole purpose and all of his focus is on that customer relationship that he's building because he just pulls responsibility out, types in a few things that I pre-set up. It took me a few hours to set it up and then it's done forever, right? Until you want to change something. So he punches in a few things. It spits out the prices for him. The prices are consistent every time. If a technician is in the field and a tech wants to give a quote, he can easily give the quote and guess what? The prices are going to be right. If a customer wants to get their own quote, guess what? The prices are right. It's awesome. So it helps you in every way from an automation standpoint. If you're a little bitty and you're out in the field and you need people to get their own quotes online, or if you're a really big company that has multiple salespeople, it'll make sure that your pricing is consistent. And then you as the owner, you can go in there and change a price overnight. And when your sales reps go out and sell tomorrow, they punch the stuff in, boom, new prices are updated. It's super awesome in every way. If you're interested in Responsibid, go to jnebid.com. So that's J-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur, B-I-D, like responsibid.com. Okay, so jnebid.com. And you can get, uh, it's not that you can get, you will get a free, an additional free month of service if you use my link. It's the only place you can get it. I worked the deal with the Kurt and team over there at Responsibid. So only Journey of a New Entrepreneur listeners get that. Go check it out. All right. Brandon, 
I wrote your name down. I said Lazan. You said Lazar, so I had to go double check it. My I can't read my own handwriting, so I put an R instead of an N. But I feel like we're just old friends because like we just became like we, we became best buddies in like ten minutes, I think, in Arizona. Or maybe we didn't. But I think that we was, had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> that was such an amazing function. That was that was honestly like one of the first industry events that I attended. And what a what a great one to attend. Yeah. You know, as, as the first and foremost. That was that was mind blowing. Which coincidentally, actually, I didn't even mean to make the connection here, but was actually at ResponsaCon, which is the uh, the 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 summit or the, the summit, the conference that ResponsaBid puts on every year. And I think actually one thing, uh, this this is just a free pitch. Just Response, ResponsaCon is the best uh, conference that I've been to uh, for yeah. for our industry. And um, I, you're are you, do you even use ResponsaBid? I don't even think you're a user, are you? Unfortunately, I'm not. Um, yeah, which is fine. Actually- yeah, we're quite a ways into our journey. So, you know, yeah. you know how it is, you know, implementing things kind of on the fly is always mm-hmm. a bit of a challenge. And uh, fortunately, it's not something that we're particularly struggling with. Yeah. Um, well, my, but, my point on asking, because I thought you weren't, is I think the, the point was to suggest that here's a dude that doesn't even use responsibility, yes. but thought the conference was great. And that's what's Vouch cool about the it. conference. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a sales and marketing conference that is even better if you have response bid, but you can go without and get. So, so yes. keep that in mind. That's coming up at the end of January, I think uh, January or beginning of February or something like that. But, but anyway, that's not why we're here. So Brandon, I know, I know a little bit about you. We got to hang out in, in Arizona. Um, unfortunately not enough. I, uh, I was actually really looking for, you know, your buddies with David who was on the yeah. show recently. And uh, that was the first time I got to meet David in person. We've been friends for a while. And I was all excited. I thought I was going to get to hang out with him all the time. And that actually didn't happen. But we, uh, but we did get to chat and talk. And, and uh, you, you just struck me as a cool dude. And I, I just said to David, like, do you think he'd want to be on the show? And he's like, I think he would. He, he says that his, he, he goes, he humble brags. His business is doing so good. He says he's bored all the time because it's just running for him. So, uh, but, but you run A plus gutter and window cleaning up in Kamloops, British Columbia. Kamloops. Yeah. British yeah. Columbia. Yeah. And um, so that being said, how long have you been running that particular business? Well, I'm 32 and I've been in it for 13 years. This is our 13th season. Holy crap. That's impressive. Hard, yeah. Hard to believe. Time just yeah. doesn't stop ticking, right? Yeah. That's yeah. wow. That's Is this your first business? Yeah. So I actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, so my claim to fame is I was the kid that literally tried to sell rock from the playground to my kindergarten teacher, no joke. Okay. And uh, she actually was my first customer and she gave them back to me at my, my grade seven graduation. Oh, that's awesome. What a great teacher. A touch. Yeah. What a great teacher. Well, so I, I've kind of given, you know, I, I shared a little bit that, that I know about you, but why don't you do this? Why don't you give us just kind of a, you know, brief and I don't, it doesn't have to be short, but let us, let me and the audience uh, kind of learn who you are. Tell us a little bit as much, you know, you don't got to go deep into personal, but tell us a little bit about just who you are as a person. Share with us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and everything in between. Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, I am an entrepreneur at heart. I feel like it's such an incredible gift that some of us have been given. It's not something for everyone granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like Josh Latimer says, you know, those are the, the entrepreneurs are the most special people in the world because ultimately we've created everything and we create opportunities for those around us, right? Mm-hmm. Which is such an amazing gift. Um, but yeah, I'm 32. I'm 13 years into this business. Actually, the first year I started this business, I started a mobile uh, lemonade and sunglass stand. 
and mm -hmm. a window cleaning business. So we actually like really scaled that. that a lemonade and what? And sunglasses, $10 sunglasses. sunglasses. All right. And cool. uh, we actually really scaled that one up to, uh, there's an event we have in Western Canada called the Calgary Stampede. Mm -hmm. um, it's the largest rodeo, like in, I think the quote is North America. Like it's mm. big. I've heard of and, it actually. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah. So, you know, we, we actually did that. My mother and I were business partners for 11 years. And uh, we'd sell thousands and thousands of cups of lemonade on a sunny Saturday. Wow. And uh, yeah, we did a five week kind of rotation around Western Canada, hitting all the big fairs and festivals. And I had this thing going at the same time. So it was really good because we always have uh, here, we're, we're pretty seasonal, obviously it gets cold. Um, so we have a big spring rush and then it kind of lulls a little bit through the summer and then it really pushes right through the fall and, and people want to get stuff done before the snow flies in the winter. Mm. Right. So yeah. it was a really nice compliment at, in the time uh, because essentially as things started to just take that brief pause in between that first Valley, I was able to kind of duck out and go do my thing with uh, the vending business. So nice. kind of a crazy thing. Um, I, while I was doing that, I was actually in my first year of business um, in university. So I have a business degree um, and in between and all the off seasons, I actually done a, a ton of backpacking. So, um, for me, this business has really afforded me the ultimate and flexibility in terms of what we can do, especially as a young person. Yep. Um, but also as not being somebody that has to report into a nine to five desk. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been on the Mount Paul or sorry, uh, Mount Everest base camp in Nepal. Um, I've done, um, East to South Africa on a motorcycle. Uh, I've done a ton in Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Central America, you name it. So I've been able to do like seven like jam-packed off seasons worth of backpacking. And wow. like they say that- old How, how many seasons did you say? Seven, seven years, yeah. seven off seasons. So oh. I call the off season kind of December to February where it doesn't really much matter. You know, you're working in the business instead of I want to interrupt you just for a minute yeah, yeah. Just for, the, for the guys listening. I'm like I said, I, I'm not kidding listeners. When I say I'm getting to know someone on the show, just as you are like, cause sometimes I know the, know my guests really well. And, and in this case, I don't know Brandon that well at all. Let me tell you something that, that is already freaking awesome about this guy. He's done. He's already done. Brandon has already done what, what we are all looking for. Because when we all say, what's our why? Uh, now, of course, we want to provide for ourselves and our families. So that's like, you know, yeah. one of the things. But then the second thing is time. This, this guy at age 32 has taken at least, so we know so far, seven, two to three month vacations backpacking around the world. Yeah. That's pretty freaking awesome. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. No. Uh, holy crap, that's awesome. So keep going. It, it was so cool. And honestly, like, I'm, I'm much probably like you where I like to, to nerd out and I like to bust open the computer. And for me, like a good day is when I like revised our employee handbook. Like most people, <laughs> they're like, sorry, that was a good day. <laughs> but that is a good day. Or like banging out that new like compensation bonus structure on Excel you know, that's got like the perfect tweaking that rewards the guys and I don't know, gives cool feedback or whatever. Yeah. You know, so the, the awesome thing is when you're in the off season, if you take it as an opportunity to just level up your business offering, uh, you can do that from anywhere in the world. And as long as you got a laptop, I literally remember like tuning into um, Josh Latimer's like three part series 
uh, with Lamborghinis there. And I was in Thailand and the timelines were all screwed up. And I was trying to set my laptop up to like record it. Cause it was like, so such gold. Yeah. And, but you know, that was, that was such a cool thing to look back on that. I was not only productive, but I was bumming around in a moped with a backpack on, you know, like. It's that is awesome. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's amazing. So, so, yeah. so keep going. So you're, you, you're building a business. you you've been able to do these trips. What, what else you got going? Yeah. And like, I, I really see like, cause we are in their 13th year, like obviously when you're 18, 19 year old, particularly a male, you know, you just, you see the world a little differently. You just don't have the lens to see peripheral, if mm-hmm. anything, you know? Yeah. And um, so I almost see myself as having a bit of a rebirth um, kind of around 2014. I did get the window wealth ebook and mm-hmm. I, like that's the last time I'll say Josh's name, but I have an enormous amount of respect for the guy. Oh, just so you know, I don't think you ever listen to my podcast, but uh, yeah. there's actually a journey of a new entrepreneur drinking game, and one of oh, the okay. things is when Josh's <laughs> name is mentioned. So you've you've already got guys pretty hammered at this. Point. Yeah, they're uh, they're seeing crooked at this point. Yeah, because responsibility is oh. one of the other things. So they've okay. they've had to take probably about fifteen shots at this point. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go easy on them. I want them to to stick around at least a little bit before they hit the hit the hay. Um, But yeah, no, it. um, Where was I going with that? Yeah, I kind of had like a bit of a rebirth, kind of four years in, um, five years in around twenty fourteen, because yeah, that's when like we knew that these like systems were kind of a thing, but we also didn't really have a definition, and they kind of. Like, like we say that your business is fully systemized as it is yeah. uh, and it's functioning the way it should. But then at that point is when the time of kind of definition of the systemality of, of what's going on and the ability to create them and to, to kind of persuade what your results are going to ultimately be um, really kind of started to set in. And that that's when it took off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, most currently um, we have 16 work vans um, this year's obviously kind of a crazy year. Yeah. Um, but so we're not at full capacity, but, um, you know, when we're, when we're howling, we usually have, we're, our office is, is fairly set up for about four CSRs, an office manager, and then a sales manager. And then, um, we would have like about 30 people in the field. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. And now you, the company's name is a plus gutter and window cleaning. Do you do other services or is that the only two? Things uh, we do a bit of pressure washing and we do have a, a second location uh, in a neighboring town about an hour away. Mm-hmm. And that one's really busy as well. Yeah. Um, but it's cool with technology. Like what we were saying prior to, to hitting record here is just what we're able to do with technology is like they say, if you can't make it happen now with the amount of resources you have and the ease of the automation that can happen in the background, then there's no hope for you. You never would have made anything special happen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. So now we're pretty lucky. And so at this phase in your life, are you still doing a lot of the trips or was that when you were younger or what, what are you yeah, doing so now in the off season? I, now I have an 11 month old son. He's our first one. Congrats. And yeah, thank you. Things change quick after that. Right. And it's, yeah. it's that old adage. Like it's almost like, you know, the advice to drink water pretty much 99, 100% of people will agree with that statement. <laughs> you know, do your traveling when you're young is also one that's really quite difficult yeah. to argue with, right? Yep. Yep. So fortunately, I got that uh, out of the way. And 
And I don't know about you, but like where we live, we're, we're very blessed, very thankful. Everything's clean. Everything's predictable. It's easy to get around. And yeah. I got some crazy backpacking stories, let me tell you. And it just builds up that appreciation a bit more every time yeah. for what we have just in our own backyards. Right. Yeah. Well, so. congratulations on the kiddo. I, so I've got three, which no, none of mine were with me in Arizona. I don't think. No, none of them came with me, but uh, I've got three. My oldest is he'll be 21 next month, and my cool. youngest is 17. So I've got uh, you know, those are my boys, and I've got an 18 year old daughter in the middle. And kids are awesome and they really suck. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. awesome, and they suck. Hey, love you, son. But uh, <laughs> they uh, you know, it is funny, it's like every stage. You know, every stage is the best one, but it also has its new uh, new challenges. So it's like, yeah. I uh, part of me is like, man, I don't miss having an 11 month old. But then on the flip side, I'm like, well, I wouldn't have to deal with a lot of this 18 year old daughter bullshit if I had an yeah. 11 month old. So yeah, uh, well, I mean, if you haven't changed their diaper recently, I'd be happy for that. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's nice for sure. <laughs> and and you now see, like you and I, we've kind of done the exact opposite thing. So how old was I? I got married. I think I was still 19. I could do some math. I can't remember, but I, I got, think I got married when we were 19 and then Caleb was born. My oldest was born um, a month after I turned 21. If I, okay. if I remember everything right. And then of course the other two came boom, boom, pretty quick after that. So we didn't do anything like you're out backpacking, seeing the world, we're sitting there shopping at Walmart on dollar macaroni and cheese night, you know, because we had, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't an entrepreneur and I, I didn't have a good job. I didn't make good money, you know, and all this stuff. And so now, you know, we're almost empty nesters, which even though, you know, the, the 18 year old and 20, almost 21 year old still live at home, but it's kind of cool. Like, you know, next, uh, next spring or yeah, spring, next spring, when my other one graduates, I'm just gonna, I told him, I said, after graduation, we're all coming home and I'm kicking all your asses out and your mom and I are just doing our life and we're going to cool. start traveling ourselves. So, yeah. so I guess yeah. the good news is we're, uh, you know, I'm, I'll be 42 this month and my, my kids are, you know, quote unquote grown. So that's kind of cool. But I, uh, I would have probably been a better dad if I would have done it your way and waited till I was a little older and more established. I mean, do it one way or the other, right? Yeah. As nope. long as you get it all in at some point, I, I think you just don't want to be in the middle. Cause yeah. then it's awkward on both sides. Right. Yep, so, yep, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So tell me uh, now you, you've explained that you're just an entrepreneur at heart. I yeah. love the story of that teacher's awesome. The teacher that gave you the rocks back and you know, when you graduated seventh grade, that's, that's super cool. Um, yeah. the, uh, now why, what caused you to, um, and so I'm not going to ask you why you start businesses because some people like you, it's just who you are. So there's not yeah. really a why it's just like, I don't know. Why did I wake up this morning? That's what I do. You know, um, what caused you to start the start a gutter and window cleaning business? And then what was that like when you did? Yeah. So, uh, it was, I mean, a lot of things you look back and it's, it's just kind of on a whim or it's random or that one person you met, you know, I'm up with the firm belief that people kind of come into our lives and out for a purpose and mm -hmm. we're kind of living our journey. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of random. And uh, one of my buddies at the time in university, you know, he had done it for a summer helping another guy out in another town, a resort town nearby. And he just kind of floated it by. And 
I, again, you're 18. Like what, what SWOT analysis in depth, you know, research yeah. are you going to do? You're just going to say, yeah, sure. Like as long as it can pay me more than 15 bucks an hour, which is my opportunity cost, mm-hmm. I'm going to work for something else. And, uh, and the rest is just history after yeah. that. Right? So, so when you started, so you literally just started out, you know, you knew someone that needed some gutters cleaned or a window cleaned. You were like, sure. So you, you bought the ladder and you went and did it. Uh, how long did it take before you realized, oh, I think I'll start trying to do this for other people? Yeah, like it was pretty much immediate, like just within our kind of social circles, we just kind of put it out there. I remember like literally, I don't know how above board it was, but like his church let us like photocopy postcards uh, because we were broke. Yeah. <laughs> and like looking back on that, I'm so appreciative that they yeah. were cool letting us use their photocopier. Like who does that? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not and, me. and it gets, no, exactly. <laughs> it's it crazier and crazier every year. you look back on it with, with a, a new perspective and uh, yeah, just like the old fashioned. And again, like if we sold, I think our first year we sold like 18 grand and it wow. was, not not really taking it seriously that was just in the summer because we had to go back to school in the fall and uh that's a lot yeah. of money for two young guys it is and it was just and the two of you it's even more if you don't know how to properly calculate for your expenses you think you're on top of the world yeah right uh, but then there's this thing called an expense that kind of loads around and and hits you in the pocketbook and you're not actually making 25 bucks an hour you're making a little less than that yeah but yeah i mean sometimes bliss is a good thing uh, especially in the early days. Cause I think if you truly maybe knew how bad things were, mm. uh, that would make a tough day even worse. <laughs> uh, so oh, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm appreciative and thankful for the journey. Right. Yeah. That's so, cool. Now, yeah. so, so how long, uh, how long did it take to go from you're doing it over some, you know, a couple of summers to uh, obviously you're not doing it in the winter, but, uh, to yeah. it's the full-time gig you're doing it, you know, quote unquote year round. Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically I started my first year of university. So we kind of had four years of runway to just be like, again, if, as long as I can pay for tuition, mm-hmm. uh, then I'm not going to hate it. And it's, yep. it's good work. You're outside. It's, you know, moderately physical. And it's also, you know, kind of following a, a close parallel to what we're doing in school. Uh, so what better way to test out what you just learned in a classroom than to go, you know, out and, tested in the real world. And I'm sure by the fourth year there, I was making more than any one of my entrepreneur professors were at the front of the room. Yeah. And that's a cool thing. The, the ironic part is I got a freaking B uh, from my entrepreneurship <laughs> professor. And uh, yeah, but whatever. <laughs> so let, let me ask you this. That's, let's segue into that a little bit. Sure. Um, so I, I've, I've not attended a call to call. I've not attended college at, in, at any level. Um, I yeah, haven't yeah. done one class. I've talked to numerous, not dozens, but you know, maybe a dozen, maybe of uh, people that have been, you know, that are entrepreneurs. They, they've been to college and specifically had, you know, like an entrepreneurship class. Yeah. Um, share your thoughts and experiences on that from, or maybe I should say more, share your thoughts on, how valuable at least your experience in it was for your for you the real world applicable um applicability applicability of it yeah sure yeah like i don't know i like it does some things but i feel like they're almost like indirect 
like mm -hmm. kind of symptoms of post-secondary, right? So like uh, maybe it might give you a little bit more credibility. Mm -hmm. um, it, it gives you the theory behind it, you know, like on basic economics or the sales process and stuff like that. Um, but I think more and more what we're realizing is a few things. Number one, uh, what's really important if you're an entrepreneur is that you have a ton of grit and you're resourceful as hell. Uh, those two things, in my opinion, it trumps any sort of university that you could possibly sit through. Um, and then I think the second big takeaway there is we now live in an age where it's just less and less valuable. You know, this more applied stuff um, that's, that's available online can be taken at a fraction of the time investment and cost. And it's just such a more direct route. Yeah. Whether or not you know going into it that, I want to be a window cleaner. So I'm going to go, you know, and study these types of people that have been there, done that. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but it's, it's certainly a more direct path in my opinion. And it, like it or not, this stuff, the information side of the internet hasn't, it's relatively new, right? It, it hasn't always been there. Even as early as like I started university 2006 and graduated 2010, you know, even looking back on those timelines, the opportunities online were, were not yeah, really No, there. it's changed a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. even someone my age, like it's easy to say, well, you know, kids don't appreciate what we have, but it's like, I didn't grow up with the internet. You know, yeah. it, it started kind of becoming a thing, if you will, around my senior year in high school, but it was just like, it was this thing and no one really knew what it was. So even for me who now it's a part of every aspect of my life. It's a part of my, it's a big part of my, a huge part of my business. It's a big part of my social life. It's a big, big part of my hobbies. It's a big part of my vacations. It's a big, you name it. If I go to the beach, guess what? I use the internet to stream the music to my speaker while I'm there, you know, and yeah. even for someone my age, it, we've almost for, forgot what it was like because it's, and it's so stinking new and it's just yeah. like, it's been here forever. It's, it's like the best and the worst thing at the same yeah. time. Um, and I love what you were saying there. Actually, I've got a little, I think a funny story, but uh, talking about just having all this information, you know, and I don't think you're saying that, that college is, is useless, but you're saying that, you know, having this, this thing I'm holding up I, for those that are listening, I'm holding up my phone mm -hmm. in my pocket. I have basically, all the knowledge of the history of the world pretty much. Right. Yeah. I mean, I pretty yeah. that's, I mean, that's probably true. Right. We all the knowledge of the history of the world is like right here in my pocket. Yeah. And um, so a lot of the times when we pay for education, um, well, let guys get ready to take a drink. Josh Latimer, uh, he says, says this a lot, but the people that pay, pay attention. So sometimes when you pay for the, the information, the value isn't so much that you got the info, but it's that it kind of made you pot committed and you wanted to, to really listen to it. And then I think other times when we pay for information, it just makes it quicker or more accessible, you know, where it's like, sure, you can go take this entrepreneur class. Well, you can get it all free somewhere, but the class can maybe get it, you know, focus it, direct it, and you know what you're getting, you're getting it quick. But uh, I'm not going to go with the story. It's kind of stupid, but, but anyway, nonetheless, I, I I love that. So in hindsight, do you think you would have had less success if you had not had, let's say you still went to college, but you didn't have the entrepreneur classes. Do you think you would have different success than you've had today? Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm more of the mindset that you're kind of built that way. You're kind of wired that way. 
you might be able to acquire the skills and the, the knowledge, but unless you have that hunger, that desire, that tenacity to ultimately pull you through those tough days, because it's the freaking roller coaster every day, mm -hmm. then it's just not going to be some like you're not going to be geared for it. You know, it's it's going to be just a rough, rough go. Um, so yeah, without mm -hmm. the entrepreneurship classes, they didn't. I, I you know I don't want to sound ungrateful or unappreciative, but that's not what pulled me through. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I, but, when I, I've never, everyone I've talked to has, is, says basically the same thing you said. And, yeah. and, and I don't have a dog in the fight cause I'm not taking them. I'm not trying to prove that they're bad or they're good. I, it's just a curiosity yeah. thing, but everyone, everyone I've ever asked has basically given the same answer that you're kind of given here. Yeah. And I feel like the internet's kind of like, it's kind of morphed, you know, like I feel like the con connectivity goes all the way back to like 1998, you know, like that was a thing, but now like almost like our applicability or the application of the internet is what's really changed and evolved and, and kind of layered and progressed. Right. Yeah. And now we're to the point where there's, there's no limitation to what you can automate. Uh, if you got a good CRM and like with, with stuff happening in the background and, you know, uh, even down to like streamlining things and knowing like where you're truly at in terms of, you know, your charge rates and your statistics and your cash flow. Like if you want to nerd out, it's, it's an amazing tool mm -hmm. for that sort of thing. And ultimately, you know, if you're flying dark or blind, that's not a very safe position to be in. Right. So yeah. for me, that's, that's kind of what's got me really fired up recently is, is kind of trying to deep dive in on a bunch of these, you know, uh, just what is your true stance? Where are you actually at? Who on your team is most productive? Who's getting paid too much or too little, you know, like stuff like that. I feel like are big questions that are largely unanswered. Mm -hmm. um, we have the CRM and we have the accounting software, which are great. Um, but they, they, there's still a huge void there. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> That's yeah, good stuff. Enough. So um, just, I, I guess something to kind of riff off of that is something that disappoints me. You know, you're talking about CRMs and automations and things like that. Mm -hmm. Something that disappoints me a lot when I'm talking to um, people that, um, you know, whether they're my listeners or just people that I maybe interact with or, or just observe online is um, for some weird reason, people wear this with like a badge of honor or, or, or with pride that, you know, well, I don't have a CRM or I don't use a this, or I don't use a that. And, and I'm just thinking, well, that's, that's, that's great and all, but that's kind of like bragging that, you know, it's not great. Like, let's call yeah. it like it is. It's, yeah, it's oh, no. Yeah. Great. I mean, like, it's not, and it's, it's you're like pushing the rock up the hill. That's, yeah. That's a, I was looking for an analogy and that's the best mm -hmm. one. You're pushing a rock up a hill. It's silly. And you're, you're, you're pushing that rock. Someone else is in a car just yeah. flying by you. And you're just proud of the fact that while well, I'm working hard, well, unless your goal in life is to work hard, yeah, you're missing the point. That's not the why. Ever. And the question is not, are you afraid of hard work? The question is not, are you willing to do hard work? Silly. The question is, what's your goal? What's your why? And if your mm -hmm. goal is to build a business, hop in the car and drive mm -hmm. up the hill because you can still work your ass off, but now, now your efforts are, are, uh, multiplied because you're using these tools that are there. And well, you, you got to be careful too. Like even the, the most like prideful artisan type approach, like you better be careful because people with these new CRMs, this new automation, this new presentation software, sales stuff that's happening in the background, like 
unless you're cool being the point man forever, and even then you're human, so stuff's going to get missed and forgotten, mm-hmm. like you're really going to put yourself in a corner, in my opinion, yeah. if you're not going to endorse this, this stuff that's available for pennies compared to what it's actually worth on a subscription mm-hmm. model. Like there again, like I, I feel like it's almost twofold the opportunity that we have at our hands. Like mm-hmm. number one, yes, internet's amazing. It's great. It connects us and it's really cool. But this subscription model is a game changer. Like yep. what you would have explain to explain briefly what you mean. Like you're talking about like the SAS, you know, yeah. like just 30 seconds. Explain what you mean by that. Yeah. Like if, if, if you've ever even like thought of an app, like mm-hmm. that's cute and all. But when you actually go through the hardships and the heartache and get quotes to get like a viable product, like that stuff is so expensive to build. And not only that, then that's like version one or that's like beta, you know? And then like, so like it might cost you two, $300,000 to create like a good CRM that's like working version ish. Mm-hmm. And yet we can get it for 50 bucks a month. Yeah. Like where else in the history of humanity have we been able to, to benefit so hugely mm-hmm. for such a minor insignificant yeah. cost. Well, in, in the quote unquote old days back, you know, in the computer age, but before uh, system as a service or the, you know, these subscription models um, only the big companies had like, yeah. I, I came from a company that sold for $500 million. Okay. So I was working for a company it's, I didn't own it. I had no ownership or stock, unfortunately, but it sold for $500 million. And then two, two steps later, that's like a couple of other mergers that happened. That's when I lost my job. The CRM that I use is actually better than what that damn company had for a lot of various reasons. And a part of it is I just think they were just in the the stone ages with their mentality. But But the point is though, is in the older days, you didn't get a CRM unless you were willing to maybe drop five or 10 grand for a piece of software. And then that's no updates. It doesn't, nothing changes. That's just what you get. And then in two years, if you want to update it, now guess what? You might get to pay another $2,000 for, for an update for this thing. We pay 99 cents a month, you know, or, or, yeah. or 50 bucks a month or whatever it is. And we have the most powerful stuff. We're like on the same playing field with the big guys, you know, with the yeah. big people out there. It's awesome. Totally. Yeah. You know, the leverage factor is insane. Like what, what you pay versus what you get it, it it's, and to me, it's only widening, right? Like, cause a lot of these programs and softwares are free, yeah. you know? So like, holy, like again, now with some like decent systems, decent policies, decent approaches to implement and make them all kind of logically, you know, progress to your greater goal, you know, it doesn't take much. And all of a sudden you're seeing massive returns, especially in a business like ours that's that's repeat you know it's relation based we're not going out to bonk stuff on the head so you do a good job you are at a reasonable price that the perceived value is there and delivery of value is there they're going to have you back next year like that that buyer's remorse or like uh, aversion to to fear is way greater in a in a homeowner's mind than we even realize Mm -hmm. right so even if you're doing 80 percent you know that's not great but they'll have you back versus you know, picking up the phone, leaving the voicemails, like waiting for the next guy mm-hmm. and whatever else. Right. And yeah. I was actually just recently in, we, we actually did, it was pretty audacious. We did a bit of a renovation around our house uh, during the busy season, obviously just cause this season's like busy season, like light edition. Yeah. Um, 
Busy season Corona edition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so we, we thought it would be a good time to rip out all the floors and paint the whole house. Um, but I was in that buyer's position throughout that process. And like, let me tell you, like I've read about it and listened to it, but then I lived it like a good portion of that finding somebody like is just in the fact that you've, you've got like a defined path. Now you got somebody and it, you can strike it off the list. Like yeah. that is like a huge portion of the overall computation that happens in my mind, let alone like, are they insured? Are they reputable? Do they do good work? Is their price in line? They, they actually showed up and they did it. So like instantly it filters, you know? Yeah. And I think oftentimes we forget that, that like, you know, a big part of why they're calling us is to get this damn thing off their list so they can go on with their life. They're not here to call around to contractors. That's not their calling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yet sometimes people make it hard for them to give us money. And that's, that's pretty silly in my opinion. What are your thoughts on, I think you just shared a little bit of this, but what are your thoughts on the, uh, or sum up maybe your thoughts on the quality of service versus the experience slash ease, you know, meaning uh, oftentimes that, that um i think you said you use boutique i think maybe or, or you know like the small uh the guy that wants to keep his business artisan small. yeah, oh, yeah. artisan yeah that's what i was looking for the yeah. artisan owner um you know the windows are going to be clean 10 out of 10 yeah. not a 9 out of 10 a 10 out of 10 or the or the the, the gutters you know they're going to be clean enough to eat out of what are your thoughts on that versus well we're going to get it good enough to where the customer is completely satisfied and and focus on maybe the, the experience side. Do you, do you, is there a sliding scale there for you on uh, yeah, yeah. your acceptability? Yeah, big time. Um, so I think a couple thoughts that I've just quickly scribed down cause I love this stuff. Mm. Um, number one, uh, you got to consider all steps of the customer life cycle, right? So mm -hmm. it literally starts when they go onto your landing page or your website or they give a call like experience timer starts now. You know, so they're going to interact with someone in your office or you if you're answering the phone and immediately they're going to start to calibrate an opinion of your entity. Right. Mm -hmm. um, then how you follow up, if you have to do an in-person, uh, obviously that kind of opens a door for a huge amount more of kind of coloring in the blanks uh, and obviously like building rapport and stuff like that. Or if you're lucky enough, like we do the majority of our quotes just over Google Street View. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can do it in a seven minute live booking, right? So that's how we do the majority of ours, especially being predominantly window cleaning, gutter cleaning. It's pretty commoditized mm -hmm. um, to a degree. Um, but then it's also how the technicians show up and, you know, what the perceived value is in terms of what do they look like? How do they talk to me? Do they recommend things? Uh, do they ask for, you know, do they take that responsibility and ask for a review? So I can tell as a consumer that they truly care about getting my job to a certain degree, uh, or is it just trading time for cash for them? You know, like that stuff is still continuing to, to morph my opinion of, of that company. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't stop there. I feel like then it's the follow-up and, you know, did any sort of communication happen after the fact or were they a one and done and I don't even have their contact information because they, they burnt out of my driveway as soon as they got the check, you know, you know what I love about what you're saying right now? I, I'm actually, I'm going to, this is so refreshing or I shouldn't say refreshing, but uh, you know, my, my business is still pretty new. 
you know, yeah. and, and a lot of people give me a lot of credit for doing a lot of great stuff and not to sell myself short. I think I have done a great job in the short amount Absolutely. of time that, that I've been around, but yep. I still, you know, like, I think, I think I get a little too much credit oftentimes, you know, I think, uh, not, not that my efforts haven't been great, but you know, I think people, a lot of guys think that my, uh, I don't ever lose sleep over, you know, over things, if you will but I'm hearing this stuff that you're saying and it's like right now I'm doing those things, but I'm kind of doing them like flying off of my instruments, if you will. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I know this is the right stuff. I'm doing these things. I'm seeing a little bit of the results from it, but then I got a guy like you that's 13 years in instead of three years in and you're, you're pre you're, you're reaffirming to me, Bob, you're doing the right shit. So I appreciate it. So keep going. Yeah. I just had well, to and, and good for you for not letting ego get in the way, like particularly with the approach that you've chosen to take with, with publicizing it. And yeah. what an amazing thing you're choosing to do, by the way. Um, like I commend you and I can only imagine how many people you're helping out. And that's, that's awesome. Like, I appreciate you it. You don't even know the magnitude of what you're doing. So keep it up. That's, that's wicked. Um, and I think, yeah, we revert to that, like grass is greener and the guys across the town they, that I'm competing with, you know, they, their trucks fire up and, you know, nothing ever goes missing and their guys are hoorah ready to go. And, you know, they never have a, a single issue to contend with that. All their customers are raving fans. That's mm. not the case. Like we, we mentally kind of compute it that way, but it's not the case whatsoever. Right. If yeah. anything, you know, if they're not tuned into something like what you're putting out there, they probably got to host more issues that, than we ever have to contend with because of the lack of, you know, higher level intentional thought to, to streamlining, to customer experience, you know, optimization, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, just going back to kind of what we were talking about initially, just cause I described a couple of, yeah, points. please. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, I have a bad habit of interrupting. So no worries. I, I like rabbit holes. Um, <laughs> but we're talking, you know, basically the difference between, technical perfection versus experience right yeah. mm -hmm. and like sometimes I've, I've trained well over 500 people in in the art of window cleaning in the past and we actually have all of it documented online so before they actually show up and that's a system yep. uh, they've seen everything they've seen a hundred percent and so instead of showing up and maybe i go off like a ragged list or i'm like sidetracked that day and i only show them 70 percent well they're human so they're only going to retain you know, 70% of that. Well, that's 49%. That's not a great tech to be sending out to somebody's expensive property. Right. So yeah. I, I prefer to give them a hundred percent. Yeah. It's a huge time investment. Uh, it's a working document. We can always add to it or adjust it as need be, but at least we're giving them a fighting chance. Right. Of mm -hmm. that bill retains 70%. So that's okay. Like we can build on that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes what I get is I get the tech that comes and they're so eager to get to that hundred percentile. And what I find is we, we tell them we need 92%, 92%. If we're taking somebody's windows or gutters or siding or whatever, the thing from 30 or 40% to 92, you're going to look like a freaking rock star, right? Yeah. If you're now trying to go from 92 to hundred, it's going to take you triple the time is the average person who actually has dirty windows on the inside and they're not even worrying about cleaning them, going to notice that you got the exterior windows to 100 or 99? Never know. We'll never, never know. know. Yeah. And we live in a physical world. So a bird could take a crap on them the second you leave anyways, right? Yeah. So, you know, so we try and calibrate that expectation. Don't get me wrong. We need that 92 because 
there is an expectation if they're paying for a professional to come by their home, it needs to be technic technically proficient. They got to feel like they've received something that they couldn't otherwise do on their own, uh, either by means of technique, uh, abilities, tools, whatever. So there needs to be that level of perceived value for sure. Um, but it certainly does not need to be near a hundred and a yeah. hundred's a slippery slope. You, you set a dangerous precedent going forward. And if it was you personally as the owner, you know, we, we know how that goes when you're trying to replicate it yeah. down the road with another crew. That's that's why when I was down. still owner operator, I always yeah. did shitty work on purpose. So that yeah. way when my other employees came home, <laughs> leave the door open for future. Yeah. I'm, I'm joking just for the record. So, <laughs> no, that's good stuff, man. Uh, yeah. do you, Anything else to add or is that the... Well, and, and yeah, and then just pulling it back, it's it's more so about how we make them feel versus what we do for them. Yeah. Like that is, that's actually a true thing. And I'm, I always take things with a grain of salt. Like we're not like premium price model, mm -hmm. but we're also tracking our hourly like religiously. And mm -hmm. we've actually started developing an entire software for it. Oh, really? um, yeah. And it's, it's going to be cool. But, you know, that whole adage of, you know, they're human, you, you or your people need to be connecting with them on a human level. And if you're not building that rapport, it, they're going to forget your name. And then it's almost like it's back into the scrapyard for next year, trying to reharvest that client where, you know, you got to connect on them in a human level. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Good. You know, I've said this on the show many, many times, but it's worth repeating. Uh, do you know who Michael Kaplan is by chance? I do. Yeah. Okay. So Mike, he's actually a business partner of mine and um, just smart dude. Super. Yeah. Just super smart, super awesome guy. And one thing that he says, this is the guy for anyone that doesn't know, he, he took a, he bought a window, um, uh, a carpet cleaning company that was doing around $300,000 in revenue. Mm -hmm. He sold it. It was doing $18 million in revenue. Okay. Nice. Annual revenue. Okay. Um, so this guy knows his stuff. And he, uh, one, he always talks about like, he's given us a nice little, uh, phrase, if you will, to, to just button up everything you just said. He says, when you leave a customer's home, you know, a week afterwards, two weeks afterwards, they're never going to remember what you did for them, but they are going to remember how they felt when you were there. Oh, so good. So our job is to make sure that they feel like you just wrapped a warm, fuzzy blanket around them. That's and, some business poetry right there, man. Yeah, wow. Good stuff. And so, you know, I, I, my, my texts have heard that many, many times, you know, it's, yeah. it's really, really important that, you know, that, that they feel like they've had that warm, fuzzy blanket, which to me, I mean, like I'm kind of rabbit trailing again, but on this same point, like I'm the guy, I just did a live video yesterday evening and in it, I preached for a long time saying, you know, sales and marketing, like if you're not focused on that, nothing else matters. Now, when you get to a company your size, now there's some other things that really matter. But like for the guys like me or people that are starting out, if, you, if your focus is on working in the garage and tinkering on the, the toy, you're, you, you got a hobby, you don't have a business. Yeah. And um, the, uh, but the, the point though of, of what I was getting at, I'm trying to remember here because my, my, I'm having one of those moments in my brain where I've lost my complete train of thought. Fuzzy blanket. Um, <laughs> where, yeah, I'm just going to stare at the camera for a minute. The, yeah, making the customer feel this. I was talking to my technicians. I completely lost my train of thought here. No worries. I mean, ultimately, it makes you a menace to compete with, right? Like, nobody's going to take a chance on the phone book or Google 
if they feel like they had a human connection to you. And I think it's almost worth mentioning this day and age because things are so easy to automate. And it's almost like you can sit up in your office and eventually things just happen in the background and guys get their work orders and they're rolling out doing the jobs. It's important to always kind of remember like to sprinkle a little bit of that personal rapport, like revisitation of, um, because we can get kind of too technological, too automatic, you know, and like it or not, our, our demographic is 40 to 60 year olds. Right. So Mm -hmm. that, that human connection is important. Listen, thank you for saving my ass on me having that, uh, brain freezer. I, I literally, I cannot remember what I was going to talk about. So we'll move on, but that was great. You need to host your own podcast. If you don't, that was awesome. So, um, so here in a second, I'm going to ask you, uh, I want to ask you to share like a couple of tips maybe that you may have for the newer guys. So someone that's just starting out, you know, or they're thinking about it, or maybe they're a year in, two years in, you know, having some struggles, things like that. Uh, Before I do though, I have a more important question for you. Okay. Imagine if you will, you're in an open field. All right. There's just you and a bunch of grass. And we'll say the grass is well up kept. It's about two to three inches tall. Okay. A nice manicured grassy field. And next thing you know, you're presented with two potential opponents. You're going to have to pick one or the other in a fight to the death. Okay. One opponent is going to be a horse sized duck. The other opponent opponents is going to be a thousand duck sized horses. So you, you either get to fight a thousand duck sized horses to the death or one horse sized duck to the death. No weapons game on. I mean, horses don't have ferocious teeth. Yep. We're, we're talking chickens. Let's, let's call it like it is. Yeah. And I got a mean kick. I used to play some soccer. Mm -hmm. Let's go with the little dudes, bro. I love you so much. You've already been an amazing guest, (laughs) but like everyone's picking the big duck and and I'm like, you're crazy. I never thought of them as just being little chickens, but this is, this is essentially, are you scared? Call call it what it is, man. Yeah, man. All right. You made that easy and I respect you even more now. So, so cool. So, so Brandon and wrapping this thing up and truth be told, uh, I think I need to have you back on. This is, this has been, a phenomenal episode so far. Uh, so I just want to say on behalf of my listeners, thank you because I know yeah, that we've already all. I, I love this stuff, man. I, I love talking about it. If we can help other people out, that's wicked. I yeah. mean, it, I didn't come up with any of this. I didn't synthesize any of this. I learned from other people and I, I did the school of hard knocks, right. Mm-hmm. And tested it out. So yeah. uh, it's not proprietary, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So it's the least so, we can do. What, what do you got for those new guys out there? Do you have any, you know, thing I'm sure you've talked to and kind of, you know, at least on a, on a casual level, coached up a bunch of guys at the very least, you know, over the years, you know, help some people out. What are some common uh, mistakes or, or common things that you see the newer guys needing to focus on? Okay. So here it is uh, for us up in Canada, at least. And I think for most people in this industry, we don't call it seasonal. We call it hyper seasonal. Cause like when the phone rings, it rings like three times on top of each other or mm-hmm. it's radio silence, right? It's one of those two crazy every time. Yeah. Every, every time. time. So uh, I feel like when you're in the off season, look at that as an opportunity. Number one, you know, that's your time where you can be 
making some intentional thought and, and essentially figuring out kind of where you're going to go. What I want you to do though, is think about your business in container sizes, right? Like Tupperware containers that you can go, you can get a little tiny, like lunch size container, or you can get like a big tote and inside of that container, you're going to have to have vehicles. You're going to have to have employees relative to, to the number of, of vehicles that you have. You're going to need support staff. You're going to need marketing. You're going to need marketing materials. You know, you're going to need all those sorts of things, but they all got to be in the same container size, right? Mm -hmm. You can't have one that's like totally lost mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's going to eventually provide a, a bottleneck. Right. Um, and, and that's, I think so important to just stay the course, figure out what your container size is. Cause ultimately when it gets busy, it's too late to change container size and go back to the store and say, Oh, you know what? It's, it's May 15th and we're getting our butts kicked. You know, I need, I need a bigger container. No, like too, too late. Sorry. You got what you got. Yeah. You got what you got and you got to optimize it. You don't want waste. You don't want the massive tote when, you know, you only got a little bit coming in cause you're relatively new. Um, but you also, you gotta, you gotta balance that. And I think it, it takes intentional thought and you have to be relative, uh, marketing and in production and sales. They all got to be kind of in the same caliber cause you don't want waste. Right. Hmm. Uh, I so think that's let me ask important. you, this is a big, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, I asked you to share a couple of tips. This might extend this a bit, but sure. how do you fix that problem? Uh, that, that's, that's probably the hardest thing with a growing business is having that correct container size, not having the waste, but also making sure you yeah. have the capacity. So my theory is your, the, the, how well you do in this industry is going to be boiled down to your ability to efficiently expand or contract with the seasonality. Mm -hmm. And that answered your question, right? So when we slumped down, if we got 20 guys looking for work and we only got room for 10, we have to have a strategy in play. And if we have systems and automation and expectations of our guys are all kind of in line with that, well, that's cool. We can contract really easily for that and stay lean. Mm -hmm. uh, same goes for when we're ramping up in the, in the spring and in the fall. If we have systems and process that are going to allow us to like hyper expand, get everybody trained up, you know, equipment ready to go, uh, then that's going to be awesome because we're going to have a bigger container ultimately to, to catch the rain, right? Yes. So yes. that ability to not only expand, but to contract, on a hyper level will be your dictation as to how successful you are in this industry. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, did you have another one or was that the, was that the, the thing? I feel like we could leave it there. Okay, cool. So I didn't want to cut you off. I, did, I didn't know if you had some more things. So listen, Brandon, um, I'm, I'm just got to say it again. Thank you so much. This has yeah, been man. awesome. I, I'm yeah. telling you right now, I want to have you back on the show. And Let's I think what it. I might do is have the listeners say, let's have Brandon talk about, X or something like that. Cause this was great. This was really, really good. Um, yeah. the, uh, one, one maybe tidbit, like I can just kind of open a conversation with your listeners Yeah. Um, because of kind of what I alluded to, like for us, that's what we're noticing now is like, almost like if you envision a chart with like a three part pie graph, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, like the nuclear symbol, like you got your CRM and your accounting software kind of plug in and they're awesome. Either one doesn't do what the other one does. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like there's that third piece of the puzzle and it's like, you know, how much do you pay your guys? Like, I know a lot of guys pay commission, but there's a ton of downfalls. Like what we saw at ResponsaCon, AC Lockyer's yeah. big speech was on that. Like 
he got himself into a bit of hot water because of it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of downfalls to being commission only, like your employees take the brunt of anything curveball ish, you know, mm-hmm. they're the only ones. And for me, like we're going to win together. Or we're going to lose together. Right. So there's gotta be like a bit of a better way, but with that, you got to evaluate like who's being productive, who's not, you know, they want to be incentivized, but employees like base play base pay. Um, they're not entrepreneurs. They're not, you know, looking for the scratch and win. Yeah. They want something that's guaranteed so that they can make their bill payments, right? So um, we're kind of working on this whole uh, side of a deep dive reporting system. And and I don't know about you, um, our CRM is quite limited in terms of what it can do for like real time reporting, where it's uh-huh. like, what did I make last Tuesday? Less my direct labor, less my office labor. Like, I, I don't know. You know, as, as far as long as I am, that's a black box to me. Yeah. I could tell you at the end of the, the month or the end of the quarter, but what if I'm like flying blind into a wall yeah. and the lights haven't been turned on yet, right? So um, that's kind of what we're looking at, really getting deep on. Like Josh kind of went into that like revenue buddy mm-hmm. uh, where it started to kind of talk about like, I want to see kind of what is my my year over year curve and mm-hmm. how does that relate to the year prior? It's probably really similar. Yep. Um, but for like planning on a business level, as well as kind of employee compensation, gamification, rewarding, all that stuff, you know, all of that is math is the path and it's all there. Right. But I feel like there's no clarity because there's not really an answer for it quite yet. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. I mean, I've heard some CRMs are better than others. Um, yeah. But for I us, don't have a solution yet. I like, yeah. honest, I like, I like my CRM, but it doesn't, it doesn't do that, but it, I mean, it, it helps me run my business every, you know, pretty much every other way, but, but not sure. the reporting and stuff's not real strong. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you're working on a thing. So you're we're working on it. Yeah. We've, we're yeah. on our third developer right now. I won't go into any more detail. I'd love to come on and, and show it to the world. Cause I feel like we're, we're going to be our first beta because it's going to be awesome. It's going to improve us mm-hmm. and streamline us. And it's going to allow me to make better management decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, consider it done you've been such a great guest just can when the time comes when you're ready to to if you want us to be the first place that you uh present the world that, just man. consider it done i th- that'd be awesome too. yeah I, I really appreciate that for sure cool yeah well listen dude we're gonna get off here thank you so much um guys for all you out there listening couple thoughts couple things first off i never say this make sure you go to facebook and join the no bitch zone facebook group it's called jne no bitch zone. We don't talk about the technical side of the business, you know, whether it's the gutter cleaning or the pressure washing or the, the insurance selling or whatever it is you do. Well, maybe insurance selling, but we do talk about sales, marketing, leadership, you know, those kinds of things. And uh, so check it out. No bitch zone on the Facebook group and uh, check out the YouTube channel. I'm doing an 8k giveaway, which actually we're about to hit 8,000 subscribers here, like pretty stinking quick. And I'm giving away a lot of stuff starting at 8,000 subscribers, everything from a uh, a year free of response bid, a year free of send gym, a year free of nice job. Um, uh, some, uh, some bookkeeping services were given, uh, there's something else like, Oh, what my course, I'm going to give it, you know, give someone a membership to my course for free. And we're also giving away a skid, a soft washing skid that'll fit right in the back of your pickup truck. If you went and bought it, it'd be 4,200 bucks. Okay. We're giving all those things away. So make sure you're a subscriber on the YouTube channel because that's one of the requirements to be able to win those things. And last if you're not doing the things that you want to be doing in life you better have a damn good reason for it but if you're not pursuing those things there's no good reason for it peace out